Welcome back to another episode of the Leveling Up Podcast. It's Eric Michael here, and I have one of my favorite trainers ever, and don't tell anybody else I said this, Holly Burby here. Holly, what's going on? How are you today? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. All right, so Holly, tell us a little bit. What do you do? I know you're a transformational trainer. What Mm -hmm. else? So I am a relationship coach for women who identify themselves as the ones that are maybe too intimidating (laughs) to men. So they're the ones that, for whatever reason, blame that they are too powerful or they're too strong to find and date and marry the man of their dreams. And so my job with them is to break apart that myth because uh-huh. that's not true. That's not true uh, at all. <laughs> You're powerful and I think everybody loves you. So well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, so I work with those women specifically and um, you know, I, I really want them to know that they can be both powerful and brilliant and sexy and creative and attractive and that those really are their assets and not their detriments and that they can live from their heart too yeah well that's exciting we'll get into deeper about your group later uh so today we're going to talk a little bit about the topic intimacy i know that's a a really big topic um i know sometimes it gives people nerves i know it makes people excited so i wanted to get in on that and um we'll start off like so what is um, intimacy, like what is a deeper form of intimacy? And I, and for people, I know some people are are crazy. They think, oh, it's just sex. No, it's deeper than just sex, right? So, what right. exactly is intimacy? So, to me, the fastest way for me to describe intimacy is a catchphrase that I heard somewhere along the way from a mentor that you can break down intimacy to mean into me you see. Okay. Into me you see. So, what that really comes down to is do we allow others to see our authentic self it often gets collapsed and mixed up with with sex and sexuality um, because I think there's a difference between when we're talking about intimacy like allowing ourselves to be seen as we who we really are and for what we really are and full self-expression and then the other difference is being intimate like being intimate yeah Uh, is like sex and sexual activity and things like that. I think people often confuse the two, um, yeah, because of just the wording. But for the most part, intimacy in my world is uh, allowing yourself to be seen. Well, that's exciting. And so I know some people don't like to be seen. I know that's uh, that's a big thing. So, and I know that there are different, what I I was doing some research last night, there are different forms of intimacy. Is that correct? I think... I don't know of different labels of intimacy, but I think when you break it down to truly allowing yourself to be seen, I think there's layers to it. For example, in a romantic relationship, people, when they first start dating, I think take a while to show all their colors. You know, some people will even say that you should date somebody for a full year, go through all four seasons, go through all the holidays so that you, you can really see who they are in every light, every situation. So to me, that's emotional intimacy. Can you see someone and know somebody at your highs, at your lows, when you're happy, when you're angry, when you're sad, et cetera. Um, And then being intimate, like then there's physical intimacy. So do you, do you still have that same full self-expression when you are in physical proximity with somebody? Because it's just as tempting in one or the other um, for for people who have had bad stuff in their past, like put a wall up and just distance themselves from it. So those I think are the two that come to mind for me is is physical intimacy as compared to emotional intimacy. 
I think that's what most people would relate with. Definitely what most of my clients would relate with is one or the other or both, right? They just don't want people to, for whatever reason, see all their cards on the table. I'll right. put it that way because it's, it's considered a vulnerability or a weakness. Like I could get hurt to the point where even if it's emotional pain, that pain can hurt so bad, it feels like death. So people avoid emotional intimacy. They avoid physical intimacy out of fear of experiencing that gravity of pain. So those are the, the two that I, I think of when I think that there's multiple kinds. So can people fear or quote unquote lack intimacy if they're not intimate with themselves? Doesn't it start with being intimate with yourself before being intimate in a, with a partner? I think that's an awesome question. I have been, I've been saying to my clients and the women in my social media group for years, um, I've made up this thing called Know Your Manual. So when you consider that we can purchase a vehicle and you go in the glove box of the vehicle and there is an owner's manual about every little thing, how to change this, what this color means, what this button means, how to whatever. If we can, as women or as people in general, know ourselves to that degree, when I am angry, do this. When I am sad, I need that. If we can know ourselves authentically and admit it, which I think is what intimacy is. Like if we, if I can into myself, look into myself and be able to admit, you know what, when I'm upset, I definitely need this. And then go and ask for it, which is yeah. really hard. Yeah. Or if I'm angry, don't come near me. Yeah. Don't say this to me. Like right. this is this is red alert, don't go there. So I, I think that that's absolutely truth for me, and I coach based on that, is I do want women to know their owner's manual. You know, so how, what are they like when they are in on a first date, as opposed to five years into a relationship, as opposed to married and they have their first child, because there's an ebb and a flow with the longevity of the relationship. And do people think that they're really going to show up in a relationship the same way at year seven that they do at seven months that they do at seven days. So it's like, know your owner's manual, know how you tick, be real about it, admit what you need and also what you don't need or don't want. Right. And then learn to communicate that clearly so that others can be intimate with you. So absolutely. It starts with knowing your manual, know who you are and fess up. Right. And that's hard to do for Sometimes a lot is, yeah. of people. Yeah. And what is, what is, why is it so hard? Is it, now let me ask you, is it hard because of the way they were brought up as a child? Is it lack of like affection or intimacy from a parent that has, you know, someone show up that way? Like, Oh God, no, I can't do intimacy. Or it gives me like butterflies in my stomach talking about intimacy. Can it come from the parent? I think that innately, Every human being is born with the capacity to, to love, to allow themselves to feel loved and taken care of. It's human nature. Of being loved and giving love is human nature. If you look at children that don't have anything traumatic or dramatic happen, if children at a very young age, before they can start to notice their surroundings, they are often unconditionally loving. So to answer your question, environment, condition, parents, teachers, community, media, everything influences what we think about how we can relate to people and how we can't, right. what ways we can relate to people that are safe and what ways are not safe. And so do I think that if a parent is with a child in a certain way, 
and they're closed off and the parent is inauthentic and only allows their child to know so much about them, does that perpetuate that in, in the child? I think the likelihood of the child uh, growing up and being the same way as an adult for sure is more likely. Yeah. Um, and I also, I mean, for myself personally, I feel like my mother and my father both to a certain degree revealed who they are to me in different ways. My dad, I felt like really showed who he was to me. Um, and I got to know him in a different way than my mother did. I think my mother was so concerned with making sure that the rules were in place right. and enforced that she didn't show her all of her cards. She was more mm -hmm. the disciplinarian role. And while my dad still had some of that, um, there was more free form right. that happened there too. So I actually got to experience both. And then as I got older, toward the end of high school, I chose. I'm like, who, who do I want to be more like when it comes to relating to other human beings? Right. But I had an example of both. Because if you've got only one parent or someone that raises you or two parents that are the same way or no example, you're just going to figure it out on your own. So it makes it harder for someone to be intimate, basically. So if, you know, if if your mom and dad didn't show you any love at all, weren't affectionate with you, you know, talk to you a little bit about school, then that when you grow up and when you're in a relationship, that then shows in your relationship, correct? I think we duplicate what we're exposed to. Okay. So if that's what we're exposed to and that's what we know, then our mind will make that normal. Right. And then we do, we just don't know any different until we do. And some people never learn another way. So that's the end result at the end of the day. Well, that's not bad. And then um, I do know that uh, there's, so I know there's physical affection and does it also tie in with, uh, cause you and I, we read this book, love languages. Does that tie in with that as well? Like knowing your love language, that's how you can be intimate. I think going back to what I said about knowing your owner's manual, yeah. knowing yourself at that level that idea was sparked when I read The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman because it showed me it, the tools in that book alone ask the reader to tune into how do I best give love and how do I most enjoy receiving love in every relationship, romantic or platonic. And I think it gives us an answer. It, gave, it gives human beings an opportunity to ask that question of what do I need and then go ahead and answer it. I don't think a lot of people stop to even ask themselves. Um, we end up on this automatic. We do the same thing that our parents did or we go into the next relationship acting the same way, thinking the same way, acting out the same way right. that we did with the last one, thinking that this person is going to do the same thing or be the same way and it's simply not true. Um, so I think that love languages is a section of the owner's manual. Right. You know, how do I best receive love? What can you count on from me when it comes to giving love? So for example, a person who one of their love languages, uh, I'll, so as an example, let's say somebody, their love language is, is not quality time. Right. Like they like spending time with people, but it's not their number one. Yeah they are not apt to consider spending quality time with their partner that much as compared to somebody who values it greatly. Um, but if they don't stop to look and get to know themselves, they'll never know. You, yeah. You'll, they'll you'll keep just showing like, up the same way. Right. Right. That yep. makes sense. And then what do people also get to realize is that 
every single relationship you go to is brand new. It's not the same because I, I, I know I've done this before where I've been in a past relationship and I'll take that and then put it into the new relationship and the new relationship. And I'm just like, what the hell? Why do they keep showing up like this? But it's not them. It's not my partner. It's myself. And it's realizing, hey, this isn't the past three relationship. This is a brand new relationship. This is with Jennifer. This is completely, this isn't Allison. This isn't Gabby, all that. So is that correct? I I believe that relationships are 100%, 100%, okay. not 50-50. Right. So the only person, what I, I've even said this, I said this recently to, in a video I did, um, relationships are 100%, 100%, not 50-50. And rather than saying the only person we have, quote, control over, yeah. the way I put it is the only person we have access to. Is ourselves. The only person I have access to is myself. Absolutely. Exactly. Um and again, if I if I leave a relationship that is ineffective in some way, and I'm using very neutral language right. specifically, okay. I'm not saying I left a bad relationship, I'm saying I left an ineffective relationship before going into the next one, again, great time to edit that owner's manual. Yeah, heal yourself. Right. Like how to, totally. Like what do do I even need to heal anything? Because sometimes a it's person not, not just you, it could have been the other partner, right? Absolutely. Well, it can be both. Nice. I think if I, if I, if I come from the place of 100%, 100%. So let's say I'm in a relationship and it's not going well. And I can see that what I really want from a relationship is just not here. It isn't working. So I'm the one that chooses to leave the relationship. So maybe I don't feel like I need healing because I'm not really heartbroken because right. I'm the one that left it. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, I can still be 100% responsible before going and dating another person and say, okay, how can I and do I need to get clearer on my principles and what's important to me? What was my communication like in that relationship? Was I being fully authentic with myself emotionally and physically? Um, I think taking that time to reflect and then sometimes healing is required. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes we're, the reason we leave is because we're so clear on this is what I want and it isn't this. And we can make it a little more black and white. Um, right. But you got to check in. You got to take that time to at least stop and think about it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Real quick, I know you do a ladies group and different groups. You want to go ahead and talk about that? Sure. So I run a Facebook group, a community group. It is called Warrior Goddess Queen Tribe. Ooh, um, it's awesome. Sounds spicy. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, I, I think it's great. Um, I've had it for over five years now. There's over 1,600 women on there. And it is an open forum for women who are looking to create sisterhood, seek um, advice when it comes to relationships, um, emotional health, physical health, just having fun, connecting with other women and really knowing that in the things that we face, we're not alone and we can have each other's backs um, and having each other's backs in creating peace in our relationships for humans. So it's a women's group and we are, I'm pro people. So we're, awesome. we're not there bashing anybody. We want everyone to have a win-win. Well, if you need uh, someone to tell you, this is the best trainer and the best relationship <laughs> expert. I've gone to her plenty of times. So really, Holly is one of the best. If you ever want to check her out, uh, social media, Twitter, anything So like you can that? find me uh, on, my website is warriorgoddessqueen.com. Okay. And the tribe page is Warrior Goddess Queen Tribe, which is on Facebook. I also go by uh, Warrior Goddess Queen on Instagram as well. So if you search that, Warrior Goddess Queen, you'll find me on and awesome. numerous things. Shout out to all the warrior goddess queens and shout out to the queen <laughs> of the queens. Thank you so much, Holly. Have a great evening, everybody.